Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. I just had a, a little photo that I wanted to show, uh, particularly our audio, visual and production team at the back there. I wanted to give you a look at what our whole audio system looked like in the early days. That's everything that we owned. Yeah. And I don't know if you can see, but there's a, a CD player on top of that historic, you know, prehistoric. Anti-skip. Uh, yeah. So when you jumped on the hall. Well, in actual fact, it probably wasn't until about three months later that we stepped up and purchased a 40-second anti-skip CD player. Because at the Aubrey Public School Hall, there were floorboards, you see. And, uh, you know, and it wasn't all that stable. And so you just moved a little bit. And that CD player, which we used to play split tracks, which Trina was uh, leading us in worship uh, with, it would skip, you see. So what I did, I thought, gosh, how am I going to overcome the skipping issue? So I put a little bit of padding underneath the CD player. Yeah, that works for a little bit. And then as more people came, we realized we can't, you know, we had to get an anti-skip CD player. How about that? So how about my wife, Trina, though, leading worship, you know, all those years ago? Like, always made it sound so much bigger than what it was. Um, before we uh, begin to just uh, ask each other some questions, I also just wanted to quickly show you a photo of uh, Pastor Trina and myself. Uh, this is actually 19. No, it was 20 years ago. Let's have a look at that right now. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Every time I show that photo, there's a spirit of joy that comes over people. That's what happened when we went to Melbourne, see? He was in a church yeah. with lots of Italians and they fed him a lot. On, every time he did pastoral care visits. You put on a lot of weight when we went to Melbourne from pastoral care. I did. It's it a hazard, a job is. hazard. <laughs> I get asked a lot of questions about that photo. And over the years, it has brought people a lot of love and a lot of joy. Now, the funny thing is this. That for me, this is hilarious. So last night, I get a, uh, a, a Facebook message from Pastor Naveen at Gateway Life Church in India. And he sends me a, this photo. He takes a screenshot because we had it on the Gateway Life Church Facebook page. And he sent me a message. And he said, who is this? <laughs> He said, who is this? And I said, and I've, I've, got, I've said like, what is it? Like the laugh out loud emojis. And I said, it's me. And then he said, what happened? <laughs> he said, what happened? And he goes, tell me, there are some similarities. He said, I'm thinking that this is you, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I thought that was just absolutely. You should use those photos before and after for your gym. Oh, man. I've actually, one of, the questions, one of the questions that have come through is literally what happened and because, you know, they, they, they were being very diplomatic, this one particular person before service this morning, they were like, you looked fine. <laughs> like, you look, it's, it was like, you looked okay, like, it was, was kind of like that, but it was, it was funny. But what did you do? Like, what actually happened? Well, the story goes, so I'm 33 in that shot. Right, so this is 20 years ago, and 
at the age of 35, we were out shopping, to be really specific, at Target in the Wodonga Plaza. And I wanted to buy some black suit pants. And so I really, this is the, I'm being very transparent, right? This is the thing. I really loved the way these black suit pants fitted me around the legs. I'm just being very transparent. I got into the change rooms and I couldn't get it around my waist. And I'm thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. Like, I didn't like what I saw. I thought, no, this is not good. I'm 35. I need to make some changes. And so I thought, you know what? My first step is I'm going to buy these and then make some changes until I fit into them. And, and just as time went on, I, I really wanted to have a look at my nutrition plan. Uh, and that's when I made an appointment to see Ace, actually, uh, which was just about two years ago. When I first sat down with him, I said, the number one thing I want to learn is about nutrition and, and just good form. So anyway... And, uh, but honey, um, yeah, obviously I don't think I need to welcome you to the platform because, uh, for obvious reasons, but I, I do want to say that I am totally, uh, in love with this moment. I'm in love with you. I'm totally honored to be sharing the platform with you and for us to be talking about, you know, just parts of our journey. And, uh, I, I really am in awe of, uh, of God and I'm really in awe of you and uh, all that you've done in those 20 years. And so I know that today what we're going to do, we're just going to ask each other some questions. And uh, some of these que most of these questions are questions that have just come in uh, from others. And uh, we'll just see how all of this goes. Uh, we've already prayed. Uh, and ask the Lord to bless this time, and we really do pray that uh, over the next uh, however long, it'll be a great blessing, may it inspire your faith, as we just talk very transparently. I don't want to sugarcoat anything, okay? I just want it to be so authentic and so real, because I'm talking about, we're talking about our personal journey, okay? And uh, obviously we can't cover everything, uh, but we'll just see where it all goes. And so... So I remember just having a look at those, couple, you know, just a couple of those scenes there, and we'll show some more videos over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, I remember in the first two years of our church's existence how, you know, you and I would often joke about how we measured church growth. Okay, so you've got to understand it was just Trines and I and our two girls, Anna and Holly. Most of you know that story. They were five and three at the time. And, uh, but we would measure church growth through liters of milk, foam cups, and cookies. Because to begin with, we only had to cater for like, you know, we catered uh, for like 15 people. And then as time went on, we realized we needed to buy some more milk because there were people coming. And, and so instead of buying one liter of milk, we had to buy two liters of milk and foam cups and things like that. But what about, what about um, you know, uh, when you know, I'd bring an offering message and you'd be the one who would collect it, and how by the time you sat down, you, you, you had already counted. And, uh, yeah, that's right. By the time I walked down the back of the hall to lock it in Jason's briefcase, I could have, I'd already counted it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, 90% of it was what we put in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, some it was loose just change. funny. Just, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. so good. Um, and so, look, one of the things that, you know, we've been asked over time is uh, how we met, and that's a massive story. Um, we won't yeah, we won't cover everything, but uh, we have been asked, did we really meet on a blind date? 
Yes, we did, it is mm. true. And I used to be very embarrassed about it until I realised that Adam and Eve met on a, blind, on a blind date. So it's all good. It's all <laughs> scriptural. It's all biblical. And, um, but for the record, I was coerced into it. I went against my will or better judgment. But, um, but I do believe that God did bring us together, that's for sure. And when I reflect back, um, I think God caused us to meet when we were both very young, like I was young, um, but I know that it's because um, he had a plan of what was ahead for us in our life, and so he brought us together, I believe, at a young age, so we could, we sort of already had quite a few years of marriage together before we planted the church, and I, I believe that God, God knew that, and he brought us together at, in his perfect timing. Yeah. 100%. Um, you and I are often asked about how we've endured these 20 years and, and people can you know, often say, I don't know how you do it and, uh, and we understand you know, why they say we don't know how you do it, uh, partly because it's our call, um, but, but how do you respond when people ask you, you know, how have you endured all these years? Well, first of all, you already mentioned that it's, it was a God calling. It wasn't a natural thing that we just decided, oh, let's go plant a church or let's leave Albury in the first place to pursue ministry. It was something that we felt was a calling. So that's the most important thing because that's your foundation. That's what you always come back to when things get tough. But God gave me a word picture and I've shared it with a lot of um, the girls that I've caught up with coffee with before in relation to other areas of life, but God gave me a word picture of like a horse. He said, Trini, you need to be like a horse with blinkers on. When a horse has blinkers on, it can't look to the left or the right. It has to just look straight ahead um, for what's ahead. And, um, and to know our, we had to really know, as Pastor Jason, it's one of your favourite uh, statements, to know the why behind the what. Like at the time, we just had to know that it was what God wanted us to do to leave Aubrey in the first place, but then also to come back and plant the church and not to be put off like that horse with blinkers on by anyone else's opinion or what they thought of it. And there were quite a few. We were called the Ken and Barbie Church. We were people, a lot of people said, why would wow. you come back to Aubrey and plant a church? There's already plenty of churches in Aubrey. Why would you do that? And also personally for me, my family were quite upset about it. They uh, were upset that we would be leaving and then they were upset we were coming back and not going back into their church. So there was also a lot of personal uh, opinions at, um, directed yeah, at us. Yeah. Um, but again, the most important thing for me was to always remember and know that it was a God call. It was something God had called us to do and that is the foundation I want to encourage everyone for your life is always you come back to the call of God you come back to what God has called you to do whatever that looks like in your life come back to that it's always your foundation and something I shared with my life group last week as well which was really great uh, talking together about it and I want to um, challenge you guys with this question who is the loudest voice in your life mm, who is the loudest voice and sometimes, especially in the times we're living in, there's so many opinions going on. Everyone's got an opinion about everything. But always come back. To the loudest voice in, in our life and in our head should always be the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's something we should always come back to. And that's definitely um, helped me. 
And the other, secondly, uh, in response to that is um, knowing that in the midst of stepping out the call, um, continuing, this is something I learned <laughs> the hard way, continuing to bring your best even when you're at your worst. So I used to think, uh, this, I believe this is true courage and true endurance. Now, this is something I've learned because back in the beginning, I actually used to think that was false and I used to let it stop me from doing things because I think I can't do that because I'm not at my best. I have failings, I have faults. And uh, I used to think it was false to try and still do ministry in the midst of being human. But then I realised there are no completely perfect people on the face of the planet that love and serve God. And so we must always just bring our best, even when we're at our worst. And this is what will help any of us, again, keep going. And not only keep going, but move forward and take ground. It's how we actually get the victory in our lives, I believe. Yeah. It's very good. So now I've got a question for you, <clears throat> Pastor Jason. Does it feel like 20 years? A lot of people say, hmm. you know, ask you that. Does yeah. it feel like 20 years to you? Yeah, so I was asked this question at our men's life group uh, a couple of weeks ago. One of, one of the men said, hey, does it feel like 20 years? And the good news is it probably took about a second or two to answer. And I said, no, it doesn't feel like 20 years. And uh, this is really uh, a great testimony to God's word and to the glory of God. It really is. And it ought to be, a, I trust, a testimony uh, for all of us. Um, and I quoted the passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Uh, and the reason why it doesn't feel like 20 years is because it says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. And so I just know that uh, it's really funny because, you know, we laugh at those photos and we laugh at other pictures of, you know, ourselves over the years because we just don't recognize those people. Uh, we don't recognize those people. And uh, I really do believe that every single one of us, we're called, we're anointed and appointed to grow and to go from strength to strength from faith to faith and from glory to glory, all the more as we're made into the image of Jesus Christ. Because a part of God, God the Father's will for us is to complete the work that he began in us when we first got saved until the return of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, by God's grace, let me say it loud and clear, by God's grace, I feel excited, I feel expectant, and I'm thankful for this opportunity that I have uh, today and in the future. And uh, so, so that's, uh, you know, that's just one of the reasons why it does not feel like 20 years. In these 20 years, what would you say is your biggest or one of your biggest challenges? Well, there was two that came to mind. Um, the first, I would say, would be relationships. That might sound funny, but when you're in ministry and you're doing pastoral ministry, um, you know, loving people unconditionally, forgiving people, including yourself at times when you know you've made mistakes, and um, 
church is like a revolving door. Like we've pastored many different congregations over 20 years. There's people obviously in the building now that you're new to Gateway and there's been lots of people not sitting here that we've pastored and really invested into their lives and done a lot of life with through their life's challenges. And so you really love people deeply and sincerely and then sometimes they leave and that's fine. That's just life. People... No, no one is ever in your life forever and it's unrealistic to think that they will be, but it still can be really painful when you love people. So that's probably one of the hardest things I've had to learn is how to let go of people, love them and then release them lovingly and, and be happy for them, of course. We're always, I'm always genuinely happy for people when they're you know, going off to pursue their lives and their call. Um, but yeah, the pain of that has been probably one of the greatest challenges just because you genuinely love and care about people. And I love what, this, this is a, a quote from Peter Crone, and he says this, he says, life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal to you where you're not free. And I love that statement. And that's, that's great. Um, just a really powerful statement. And I, I try and keep that in mind as well in terms of how we handle things in life and, and how we release people and and how we walk out our own faith walk. And the second challenge has been, for me, again, personally, the willingness to keep saying yes to God and, and being willing to grow and change. And obviously, Pastor Jason has always had, which you do need to have, a progressive vision, which means nothing stays the same. So in the beginning, I often felt like a duck paddling underwater. I looked cool and calm on the outside, but I'm trying to keep up with this progressive vision that I always felt was beyond me. And so, um, you know, as the scripture says, uh, enlarge the borders of your tent. That's been a, a, a big challenge for me to keep saying, okay, really, again, God, I've got to keep enlarging. Um, but it's always been for my growth and my blessing. But sometimes I've, I've definitely felt that challenge. Yeah. That's very well answered. Uh, my biggest challenge, when I'm asked that question, and again, I was asked that uh, question a couple of weeks ago at our men's life group, um, I responded in even less time to the first one. And so my biggest challenge has always been me, and it always will be me, no matter what's happening around me, which I think could be just a great reminder for this uh, season of COVID that we're in. No matter what's happening around me, my biggest challenge, it's always been me, especially as I've had to press through and rise above what I think mentally, because we all have our own ideas, we all have our own preferences and prejudices. I've had to rise above what I feel emotionally. As Pastor Trina you know, was saying, you know, we too get hurt. In fact, it's possible I'm just going to put this out there, whether it's true or not doesn't really matter, but it's possible that we probably get hurt in some ways more than you because of the scope of people that we're leading. And, uh, and you know, you can't, like, we, we are set up to be hurt. We're set up. If you want to pursue, if you're someone out there who wants to pursue some level of ministry, and please keep in mind that God does call every single one of us into some level of ministry. But if you want to be, uh, step into some level of ministry, you have to understand that it's also partly a setup in the sense that on one hand, you know, there's a blessing in it. 
from God, but you're also going to be set up to get hurt. Like you can't not love and then not get hurt because as, as Trina said, as much as there's so many joys and so many highs, there's also a great number of lows and you can be personally on a roller coaster in one hour where one call is like, oh, I'm just so happy, you know, I've had a promotion, and because of that, you know, we're going to give more. (laughs) Those calls are rare, mind you. And then you've got someone, oh, I can't stand this person, they looked at me the wrong way, and I'm thinking, I can't stand this conversation right now. You know, what does the Bible say? Just go and pray about it. What does Jesus want you to do? You know, just come on, let's exercise some Christianity 101. Uh, And so you've got to rise above what you feel emotionally as well and believe what God's Word says about the situation relationally. But I really do believe, you say, I'm stuck on this. And I pray that you'll get stuck on it as well. Because if you do, it's going to help you in all of your relationships. I, I really do believe that everything is an opportunity for good. Everything, everything is an opportunity for good. Even the unfavorable days in our lives. Because God is good. God is working all things together for good. And goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our lives. And so I really do believe that everything can work together for good. But this is where, you know, let me, allow me to be transparent. You know, this is where I also believe that so many people miss out on what God has for them because they bailed. They gave up too soon just when they were about to get the breakthrough. But because they went all out instead of going all in, and because God is faithful to complete Christ in us until the return of Jesus Christ, whenever we bail or whenever we walk away from the the plans of God, we have to sit that same test again elsewhere. And this is one of the reasons why the children of Israel, because of their disobedience, wandered around the same old mountain with the same old view, with the same old people for 40 years. When in actual fact, if they had walked according to God's word, they would have made the journey into the promised land in 11 days. And this is one of the reasons why people just go around the same old issue, same old mountain and whatever else. And uh, it's because of, you know, well... You know, like when we first planted the church, right? And now I'm revealing my naivety right now, okay? When we, and my, um, I guess my lack of experience in being a senior pastor. When we first planted the church, by the end of the first year, we had uh, between 70 and 80 people in attendance, right? I, and this is, I'm saying this with humility. I, I know this about myself. I know that I've got a big heart. And, uh, and uh, you know, to begin with, I had a big heart, but not the right wisdom. So when I first began as the pastor, I was very much the pastor, very much the pastor. We still are very much the pastors when it comes to love and compassion and mercy and grace. But we've had to grow as leaders and those, those two areas are like really just worlds apart because you've got to know when to be the lion in someone's life, 
right? And then you've got to know when to be the lamb. And this is exactly who Jesus was. He was the lion and the lamb. You've got to know when to be the pastor and exercise ministry. Then you've got to know when to exercise the leadership. And knowing the difference is key. But I really do believe everything works together for good. So when this whole COVID season broke out, and we've had to, along with our team and all of you, we've had to change gears and switch lanes and you know, on so many occasions. And, uh, and so when it all hit, and now we're coming into another new challenge, uh, just with restrictions easing and whatever, my first response is, God, uh, you see all of this, you saw it coming. Now I pray, help me to see what you see so I can take my next step. There was a movie that came out many years ago. We're going to have a look at that video, which goes for about a minute in just one moment. It's a movie called Evan Almighty. Excuse me. Are you all right? Yeah. No. It's a long story. Well, I like stories. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. Just like Noah and his family. Everybody entered the ark side by side. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? Every time I've gone through a tough time when I believe and I know that this situation is not fair and that it is an attack, even at times there's been attacks on my identity where I've, you know, my motives and whatever and decisions have been questioned and and I'll talk a little bit about that uh, later, how I overcame that. When I've just seen that something's not right, something's not fair, and this has also been uh, a part of my counsel to others, I've always heard the whisper, the question of the Holy Spirit asking me, so what are you going to do? Just go and read Matthew chapter 5 and the Beatitudes. For, you know, for thousands of years, prophecies declared that one day the Messiah w- would come. And now he's here. And he's, he's on the Mount of Olives and he's about to open up his mouth for the first time, fulfilling, uh, you know, the prophecies and stepping into his public ministry. It's like, what's he going to say? The people are gathered and he opens up his mouth and says, blessed are they who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to say, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So... Uh, what about you and, uh, you know, your faith and ministry journey? Because, uh, you know, we were a part of your mum and dad's church, which was a uh, very small uh, faith community in Thaguna. You were very settled there. You'd, you'd grown up in that culture. And then, of course, you know, God stirs me up. And over a period of time, we together, we then move our young family to Melbourne uh, for ministry purposes. And, and then you're loving Melbourne it's like, ah, this is fantastic. And then God stirs me up 
um, you know, to, for us to return to Obiwodonga to plant a church. And so that was quite a roller coaster of all kinds of things for you. Um, how, did you how did you navigate all of that? But yeah, it certainly was an emotional roller coaster because I'd also just had Holly, given birth to Holly. So she was just a new, new baby. And so I was already emotional. <laughs> and, um, but I also knew, as I shared earlier, that having to tell my parents that we were leaving, it literally broke their heart. Like, I knew it was painful for them because they didn't understand. So that was also very difficult for me personally to have to um, tell them that. Um, and because it was always Dad's dream that we would, all his children would just stay in their church and serve under them. So, um, but underneath all that, I knew that it was the right time for us. We'd had many conversations about how we felt that there was more for us and there was definitely a lid on us in that, in that church. There just was. And so we knew that we had to make a geographical move to be planted somewhere larger in order for us to grow. So it was really um, a stepping out of the boat really was uh, uh, literally stepping out of the boat mm. everything familiar and comfortable and I had a newborn and a toddler and no family in Melbourne um, so yeah and the same equally equally is difficult to return to Albury because as you most of you already know the story but it broke my heart to leave Albury I didn't want to leave I didn't want to leave our house I loved our house and um then when I got to Melbourne, to my surprise, because um, when God takes you where you're supposed to go, you love it. So I loved it. And then it's time for us to go. Jason comes home and says, God's spoken to him. And I'm like, he said what? <laughs> and I said to God, I was a bit cross with God. I said, you asked me to leave Albury and I didn't want to go. And now you've brought me here and I love it. And you're saying go back to Albury? I don't understand. I really didn't understand that. But to be honest with you, I, um, I've said this actually jokingly to a lot of the girls before, but they're good prayers to pray. I used to pray um, in our married life, not just at this time, but across the years, when I felt that maybe I was right about something and Jason was wrong, <laughs> I would pray, Lord, I really feel strongly about this. So either you have to change his mind or you need to change mine because I need to have a peace about this. So I, I prayed that kind of prayer, Lord, either show him he's wrong <laughs> or you need to help me um, because I don't want to go. So God is faithful and he did that. And equally though, I, as you said, I had to make a decision. Sometimes when you know that you have to go in a certain direction because it's a God call but you don't want to, um, you just actually have to make a cold, hard decision <laughs> that you're going to be obedient even though you don't have the, the warm, fuzzy feelings about it yet. You, go, you do it in faith and believe that when you move and take that step that they, those things will come. It's sheer obedience, blind faith if you like, whatever you want to call it. And remembering that we only see in part that scripture that talks about we see in part but God has the big picture, reminding ourselves of that along the journey as well and that's exactly what I had to do and obviously the fruit of it is evident isn't it like coming back here and um, 
Um, the fruit of that is all of you sitting here and the, and the church and the fruit of 20 years of ministry and I know that uh, and beyond here in other nations and um, there's always been and always will be a blessing attached to any obedience to following God in whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be us talking about ministry but in your lives. May I encourage you that there's always blessing attached to obedience and... Um, yeah, there was a laying down of my life. There definitely was. But when I was reflecting back, I thought, yeah, but what life was that, Trina? You know, you're in your parents' church. It was all very, you know, there was a lid on you there. And so what life did I really lay down in retrospect? Hmm, I got a much better one, a better life when I laid down the life that I, I had that I thought was so great. And it's ultimately led me into my you know, my destiny in that sense, in doing what I'm doing, both in the church and I believe even the other jobs that I work outside of the church as well, has all been fruit of, of being obedient. And I certainly had a lot of growing and learning to do along the way. And both those journeys, both to Melbourne and back, caused that to happen. And I always say that there's two things in my life that have been the making of me. The first one was becoming a mum it changed my life completely, but for the better, it made me a better person. And the second one has been becoming a spiritual mum. Both of those things have been the making of me, and I'm so very, very grateful for, for that. That's beautiful. Um, can you think of anything that you were concerned about when we first uh, entered into senior ministry that you look back on now and you perhaps you think, oh, there was nothing really to worry about and maybe I was just overthinking it or something. Is there anything like that? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was really, really worried about pastoral care ministry. Like, what if people come to me with their problems, <laughs> what am I going to say? Like, I don't know anything. What do I know? And I was really worried about it to the point where I actually enrolled in Bible college. It was actually, uh, there was an annex of it here in another church. And I enrolled in uh, Christian counselling, um, the first module in that, because I'm thinking I need to resource myself, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is I find really funny now because I believe it's actually one of my strengths is pastoral care and counselling. Mm, Not counselling, but, yeah. you know, um, it's actually <laughs> one of my strengths now. And so, but it was one of the things that really concerned me at the time. But I'm also certainly very grateful for, um, I didn't want to necessarily be part of a church plan because of the experience that I'd had with my parents' church, if I can say that. It was, it was just a different way of planning they did to what we did. But I'm certainly grateful that we did plan a church because when you plan, there is a grace upon that. You can grow with the church as they grow. It's a bit like new parents. When you're expecting or you're thinking about having children, you might see a teenager and the way they're behaving and think, oh, I can't be a parent. But the thing is, they don't come out of the womb a teenager. They come out as a baby and so you grow with your children and you grow in the wisdom of that as they grow. And I certainly am grateful for the grace that was upon us when we planted because, or upon me, because I got to grow <laughs> one person at a time and as the church grew, then my ministry grew and I began to grow. And um, we grow together, don't mm. we? We're called to grow together. Mm. And, um, and I love how Jesus, um, he called Peter Cephas, he called him rock, and he said, upon you I'm going to build my church. And he said that to Peter in the early days when Peter was always, you know, seen to be putting his foot in it. And I love that about Jesus 
and about God is that he always calls forth the potential in us, even when we can't see it. And um, he calls us not by who we are at the time, but by who we, he can see that we can be. Yeah. And uh, he's always speaking into that potential. And, um, and obviously, whoever God calls, as it says in the scriptures, he promises to equip. Mm. So true. Mm. Okay, so this is the final question. So, Jason, being the senior pastor means that you're out the front leading the church in vision and leading by example, which also means you're the first one taking the hits, like having to pave the way and having to even explain the vision, get everyone on board. Um, how, have you, how have you handled and managed those criticisms mm. and at times rejection or people not understanding that? Yeah. Um, in a moment, I'll use a, a word picture in the form of a pizza from Larry's Pizza, of course. And uh, um, so, yeah, how have I handled, you know, the criticisms, the rejection, the talking behind my back and, and things like that, which might surprise you can be, you know, a big part of being a leader or a manager, a business manager, anyone who wants to stand up and begin to, to lead in, in any sphere of life. Um, there's, a few thing, there's a few extra things going on in, however, in ministry, because there's not just a natural dimension, but there's a spiritual dimension. And uh, like you were saying earlier, uh, you were saying how sometimes you've just got to, I'm not sure how you put it now, but the way I heard it was you've got to continue to be leading even when you're bleeding, right? And so, you know, what you see here is just the tip of an iceberg, you know, it's like, you know, you never, no one ever sees all the work that goes on behind the scenes. But, um, but I really do believe it's always been an opportunity to grow. So when it comes to the rejections, the criticisms and everything like that, like I said earlier, my biggest challenge is me rising above what I think, what I feel and taking hold of God's word. So, but I want to say this, I, and for anyone who wants to go into ministry or perhaps you're leading a ministry uh, here at Gateway or a life group, uh, I really do believe that there are so many times in senior ministry uh, where I have found it, you know, very unfair, where ministry and leadership have just been so, so unfair. And I found it really, really hard. And, and I'll tell you why. So to use the, the pizza illustration... You know, so from my perspective, I see the whole pizza. Okay, I, I see the journey from start to wherever we are and, uh, you know, leading people and walking with different people who have held certain positions in the church and, and whatever. And then for people to pack up and just go and what I like to say, drop me and drop the church and the family like a hot potato uh, what I have found highly unfair is when others have this little small piece of the pizza, like a little perspective, just one slice from their own uh, seat, and they can form an opinion about me and about the whole situation. So I'm not going to lie to you. I have found that really, really unfair. And, uh, but it's something you still got to lead through, and it's something you've got to navigate. And once again, I hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying, so what are you going to do? Are you just going to run around and make a thousand calls and try and justify yourself and, and explain to everyone what has happened or uh, what are you going to do? 
And so for me personally, again, to, to uh, echo an earlier comment, I just see that everything is an opportunity to grow. And so I've always heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you hear it as well. When it comes to a tough situation, may you hear the Holy Spirit, even between you know, husbands and wives, parents and children, children and parents, work environments. May you hear the, uh, the whisper of the Holy Spirit asking you, so what are you going to do? What does God's word say? And I always go back to a picture that I saw of Mel Gibson having a chat with the actor who played Jesus Christ in The Passion of the Christ. Let's just get that up. Let's just get that up on the screen. I've always just looked at this picture and I have captioned this picture where Mel Gibson is talking to Jesus Christ and Mel Gibson is, is saying, oh Jesus, if only you understood what, I, what I'm going through right now. I wish that you could understand my pain, my rejection, <laughs> the things that people are saying about, about me. Jesus, if only you understood. And this is a real recenter <laughs> for me <laughs> because the scriptures also say in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4, it says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And for me personally, that has been a real great recenter. So to be transparent, I've had people that I've literally uh, sat with like this, talking about the future, even at times me asking, is everything cool? How you doing? How you feeling about this and that? Uh, to have them tell me, you know, look me in the eyes and tell me we're all good and whatever, only then to not hear from them, even to this day. Like, how do you navigate that? How do you resolve that? Well, there's been a number of ways that I've resolved it. And uh, so this is where the blessing comes in. And I want you to know, this is really important for me to say, okay? What we are talking about right now and what I'm talking about is from a place of love and it's a place of healing and wholeness. So I want you to know that I'm healed. And, but here are some things that I've had to resolve and some of the things that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me that have helped me to overcome. So I just made some notes and I'm just going to read them out to you, okay? Don't be afraid of losing people. Be afraid of losing yourself. Don't give others so much power over you that they leave you questioning your worth. Have some self-compassion and stop being so hard on yourself. I wouldn't stay friends with someone who spoke to me the way that I was speaking to myself. And as I said earlier, besides, wanting to be liked by certain people was so overrated. Besides, not only does God like me, I like me. People who doubt you and don't understand you will never settle for any proof. And people who love and appreciate you never want or look for proof. So I came to a point where I was happy to just let some people misunderstand me. And that's when life became a lot easier and simpler. But is there anything else you'd like to say before we move on into communion today? Any final comments? No, I'm just very grateful to God for his grace. It's, um, and just encourage you all that, you know, if God can use someone like me, he can use anyone. And uh, I just always hold on to that scripture that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that scripture is available to anyone that will choose to believe it. The word of God is available for anyone 
and everyone who chooses to believe it and walk in it. And then funny thing is, it actually works. And God does begin to, and even when you begin to, um, I encourage anyone to speak it out loud, prophesy it over your life, even when you're not feeling it, because your feelings will catch up with the truth of the Word of God always. If we just confess it and stand on it and, and quote it back to God, like Pastor Jason went up to the mountain, but I'll, I'll often say to God, God, you say in your Word this, about, and I'm going to claim that for me. And, and you know, you, 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 your Word also says that you can't lie. <laughs> so I'm believing that it's truth. And um, they're powerful ways of praying and prophetically praying and declaring the Word of God over your life. And I would encourage everybody to do that because it works and, and that's just the reason that I believe I'm still in the faith, not even just in ministry but in the faith because in my personal life, ministry aside, um, that is how I stand on my faith and continue to walk with God, is standing and believing on his word that it's true and it endures down through the ages, even in COVID times and beyond these times, it will always endure so, and thank you. I just want to say thank you to everyone that has loved and continues to love and support us. And we're so grateful we're better together. That's good, honey. Thank you so much. Can we please give my wife a great big hand? Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.